Today, I'm kicking off a new series called Authority Issues. On Monday, I went to Dallas, and I went there and met three other senior pastors who pastor great churches across America, and we went there for the Dallas Cowboys Monday night football game. And one of my pastor friends, he had four free tickets. And the tickets were around on the 10 or 15 yard line, about 20 rows up. I could almost touch Jerry Jones. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some great, Herbert, would you like to go? Amen. Free? (laughs) Hallelujah. And so I went to Dallas and met some of my pastor friends. We had a great time, hung out, ate lunch, dinner, just talked, laughed, just had a blast together and and went to the game. And after the game was over, after we watched six field goals and we we, we got outside the stadium and right outside the stadium, there was a sidewalk and then a a street. It wasn't a major street, but just a a street that ran through. And and there was a, a Cadillac SUV kind of a car. It was a limo, one of those extended limos that that this guy was trying to get through. You could tell this guy was in charge. He was the authority. He was the heavy. He was the boss. Could have been a police officer. I couldn't quite tell what what he was, but he had the outfit on. You could tell that he was running the show. And he told us, he said, stop. I need everybody to stop. I'm trying to get this Cadillac through. I'm trying to get this car through. Stop. Don't don't go. But you have to imagine there's a thousand, I mean, several thousand folks here. I mean, he's trying to stop us here and he gets us stopped over here. And then he turns over here and he says, I need you to stop because the, the, the car is trying to get through. Stop. I mean, it could have been Jerry Jones himself trying to get out of the stadium, you know. And so he's trying to stop. But, but as, as soon as he turned over this side and tried to get these thousands of folks to stop, the, the folks on this side, when he turned his head, they just start walking right across the street. And me and my four pastor friends, you know, being the men of God that we are, I just started walking with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and, and me and another pastor, we got across the road, and, and we looked, and the other two pastors were still over there. We're like, what? Come on, dude. Come on, man. Let's go. We're trying to, we got to go. We got to get to the car, be some of this traffic out. And, and they just stood there. They just they were complying and just stood, waited for the car to pass by. And then they walked on the other side of the street. Now, I began to give them a hard time. Come on, guys. What took you so long? You should have just come on. And they looked at us and said, yeah, we did the right thing. Look at you, pastor. And here's what they said to me. They said, on Sunday, I got my sermon illustration. I'm preaching about you. And literally, literally, at that moment, it dawned on me. And I said, you know what? This Sunday, I'm beginning a series on authority. I guess it's going to be a tough series when the preacher is going to talk about authority, but he don't follow it. (laughs) I walked across the street anyways. Can I tell you, authority issues are everywhere. Everywhere we turn, we, we, we all deal with authority issues. We, we, we all have this thing inside of us, this, this desire inside of us that says, I want to be the boss. I want to call the shots. I want to do what I want to do. You can't tell me what I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. You can't tell me what to do. We all have a little bit of that inside of us where we rebel against authority. It's, it's everywhere we turn. Maybe it's at your workplace and, and the boss asks you to do something and to, 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 to do this project and, and he, he, he gives you specific instructions on how you should do it. And you sit there and go, uh-huh, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And when the boss leaves, you're like, I'm not doing it. Matter of fact, the boss is not that intelligent. He's kind of an idiot and his, his elevator don't go to the top anyway. He, he'll never know that I didn't do it anyway. I'm not doing it. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just not going to do it. Authority issues. Authority issues. Maybe it's at the grocery store. You've ever had one of those bad grocery shopping moments, especially those with little kids. And some of you used to have little kids and they're older now. Or some of you one day will have little kids and you're at the store. And, you know, when you're shopping with little kids, they want everything. You know what I'm saying? Can I have that? I want some Twiggies. Can I get some candy? And they get on your last nerves and then somebody pinching somebody. He touched me. He hit me. You're just like, ah, I'm going to lose my mind. Just want to shop. Got the store. And then one of the little kids, they're crying, why? And then one of them steps in front of you and you trip and you drop the eggs in the milk. And splatters on the floor. You have one of those bad grocery shopping experiences. You're just like, I got to get out this store. I got to get out of here. And you get to the line. And the line you get in is about six people deep. And you're sitting there waiting, thinking, come on, man, I got to get out of here. And two people get checked out and now it's four people deep. And the cashier turns off the light. And says, I can only check out one more person. I got to go on a 15-minute break. They're the authority. They're the heavy. How do you respond? Oh, no, you're not going on no break. I just dropped the eggs. Oh, no, you're going to check me out. Because you kind of glance over at the other lines, and there are 20 people deep. You're like, oh, no, I'm staying. Authority issues. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Maybe it's your daughter is on the softball team. And she's not getting as much playing time as you think she should get. And, of course, whatever sports your kids play, they're always the best in your eyes. And you're not happy with the coach. So you let her know. And she's the heavy. She's the authority. Some of you, you spiritualize it. You send an email. Yea, verily, the Lord saith unto thee. Some of you don't know about that King James stuff. Really. It's okay. Yeah, I know you're new to church. It's okay. The king, huh? My child is an heir of God and deserves to be more quality. My... Hey. Authority issues. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's authority. Maybe you're 16 years old in this place. And you just got your driver's license. How many know when you're 16 and you get your driver's license, the first thing you think is Freedom! I don't need daddy and mama no more. I drive where I want to drive. I don't need you to pick me up. I don't need you to drop me off. I got freedom. I got freedom for the first time. And you're thinking to yourself, now mama and dad don't have to pick me up and drop me off. Now I can stay out a little later because, I mean, I got freedom. And, and then you get to the house and your mom and dad, they sit you down and they say, well, we want you to know something. We're so glad that you have some freedom now. You can drive yourself places. But we want you to know that you will have a 930 curfew still. You'll need to be home on weeknights at 930. On the weekends, we need you home by 1030. And how do you respond, teenager? Authority issues. You respond by saying, but all my friends, but everybody else. Because how many know at 16, your parents are idiots when you're 16? How many know that? You know what I'm saying? You just don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a woman. I need some freedom. You don't get it. How many know by the time you're 25, your parents have a little sense? Come on. By, by the time you're 35, they are just intelligent. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's actually smart. When did he figure all that out? But, of course, our teenagers in this church never respond that way. 
I know when your parents tell you that at 16, when you get your license, I know your response is this. Thank you so much for clarifying the rules. I know you just love me so much and you have my best interest in mind. And I would be grateful to abide by your rules. Thank you, dad and mom. Authority issues. They're everywhere we turn, even at church. There's authority issues. You leave the service, you get in your car, and you encounter the parking lot attendant. Who's the heavy? Who's the boss? Who has the authority? And the parking lot attendant tells you, stop, I need you to go that way. I'm not going that way. Uh, I'm going this way. No, no, I need you to go that way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. Authority issues. I know you do that. They told me. I know you do that. You're aggressive out there trying to hurt our parking lot attendants. Authority issues. They're everywhere. Everywhere you turn, there, there are authority issues. And, and, and the issue is this. What I want to address today is, is the question of why do we deal with authority issues? Why authority? Why, why, why does this happen? Where did all of these issues start? Why, why do we have all these? Why do we have this thing inside of us that says, I'm my own boss? Authority issues. Why do we have it? Number one, if you follow along with me in your bulletin notes, I want to answer these questions, fill in the blanks, and teach you a little bit about why authority, why authority issues. Number one is this. Authority issues began with Satan. They began with Satan. Satan, or, or Lucifer, was the worship leader in heaven. He was created with the freedom of choice, just like you and I are created. And Satan chose to rebel against God's authority. Can I tell you what Satan wanted? Satan wanted to run the show. He wanted to be the boss. He wanted to elevate himself above God. Let, let, let me show this to you. I want you to see this, this response of Satan's heart and his rebellion and how he bucks authority in heaven. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12, it says, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn, talking about Satan. You have been cast down to earth. You who once laid, the, laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Check this out. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I'm going to be as powerful as God. It says, he, I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the, most, on, on, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. He says, listen, I'm going to sit on God's throne. I'm going to sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly. I'm going to be God. Notice verse 14. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Satan said, I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to run the show. I'm going to be greater than God. I'm going to run heaven. And Satan, he chose to rebel against God's authority. And the Bible says war broke out in heaven because of his rebellion. And God had to kick Satan out of heaven along with a third of the angels. He kicked them out of heaven into the earth. And what I want you to understand about Satan is that Satan at his very core, 
at his very at his very makeup of who he is. He is a rebellious angel. He is the spirit of rebellion. And now Satan is is here on earth. The spirit of rebellion is here on earth. And what he tries to do, he gives it his best shot. He he put puts it, throws all that he can at you and I to influence us to rebel against authority. And friends, can I tell you, whenever we choose to rebel against authority, we are operating under the influence of the evil one. We're operating under the influence of Satan. We are partnering with the evil one, the spirit of rebellion. Matter of fact, scripture says this in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23. It says, for rebellion is as the sin of divination. Or the King James Version says that the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is the sin of divination. It's interchangeable. Witchcraft or, or divination. And, and all witchcraft is, all, all divination is, is partnering with Satan. is hooking up with the evil one. And the Bible says this. Rebellion is as the sin of divination. You're partnering with Satan. You've been influenced by Satan. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to take you to the scriptures. And I want to show you the first time in the Bible when Satan was kicked to earth, how he rebelled in heaven, how he took this rebellious spirit to earth, and how he began to influence humanity. Let me show you the first encounter when Satan influenced humanity to rebel against authority. Look with me in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. Genesis 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, now the serpent who's been kicked down to earth, the devil, the evil one, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Now some of you, you may be new to people's church and You've never seen me teach this portion of scripture. You've never seen me illustrate this serpent before. So this will be new to some of you. You see the devil like a serpent. Say mama. Say baby. Say sweet thing. Did God really say, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, now I want you to notice that Adam and Eve knew what God said. They knew what the authority, the heavy, the boss had said. He said, you must not eat from, from, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. That's what God said. And you must not touch it or you will die. And here's what the serpent said. Shh. You will not surely die. Shh. God's got it all wrong. You're not going to die. He said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You're going to be like God. Matter of fact, can I tell you, that was my whole agenda. That's what I wanted to accomplish in heaven. I wanted to be like God. I wanted to call the shots. I wanted to run the show, and I couldn't do it in heaven. Now God's kicked me to earth. Now I'm going to try to get you to do the same thing that I did. You don't have to listen to God. You don't need, you don't need to listen to what God said. You call your own shots. 
You be independent. You be your own boss. Did God really tell you that? Listen, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. And Adam and Eve rebelled against authority because they were under the influence of Satan. They were under the influence of the evil one. And friends, when you and I rebel against authority, we are operating under the influence of the evil one, the spirit of rebellion. That's how it all began. Satan rebelled against God. He got kicked to earth. He began to influence others to rebel against authority. I want you to see a second point here. Why authority? A second point is this. God functions through authority. Don't miss this. Don't take a little cat cat nap here because I'm laying some foundation that's going to help us throughout the rest of this series. God functions through authority. It's very, very, very important for you to understand that God functions through authority. God in his very essence, in his very makeup, in his very being functions through authority. Now, I'm going to say something that may be new to some of you. It may be even a little confusing to some of you, and I'll do a series at some point and, and unpack this biblical truth. But just let me just, just touch it real quick. There's one God who exists in three persons. One God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, please understand that in form, they're all God. They're one God. They are God. They they're, they're coexist. They coexist. They, they, they were co-creators. They're, they're co-eternal. They in form, they're the same. They're God. But in function, they're different. In form, they're God. But in function, they are different. You see, the Godhead, that's the term many of us use, the Godhead, which is talking about one God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Godhead submits to each other. You see, God the Son submits to God the Father. He's God, but he submits to God the Father. Let, let, let me show this to you in the scripture just to kind of let you chomp, get your teeth kind of sunk down into this truth. Mark chapter 14 and verse 35 and 36 says this, going a little farther, he, talking about Jesus, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. If you're not familiar with the story, this is when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. He realizes I'm getting ready to die a horrific death. And now he's talking to the father. He's saying, listen, if you can take this cup from me, if there's any other way to pay the price for the sins of the world, can we do any other way but not this horrific death? But then Jesus said, yet not what I will. Wow but what you will. He said, not my will. He says, I submit, Father, to your thought. Yes, I'm God the Son. You're God the Father. We're both God. We're one God that exists in three persons, but, but I submit to your authority because God in his very essence, in his very being, functions through authority. Let me take it a step further. God the Holy Spirit submits to God the Son. Let me show this to you. John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, or the Holy Spirit comes, 
He will guide you into all the truth. Now, when this was written here, when Jesus is speaking, Jesus had not yet died on the cross of Calvary. He had not yet risen from the dead. He had not yet ascended to the right hand of the Father. He had not, so therefore, he had not sent the Holy Spirit like we have today. So he's saying, listen, listen, listen. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, when I die on the cross, get up from the dead, sit at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to send the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak, notice this, notice this, he will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, Jesus. He's going to bring me glory by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Notice this. He's not going to speak on his own. He's going to take from what is mine and he's going to make it known to you. He says, the Holy Spirit submits to my authority. What I want you to grasp here is that God functions through authority. God in his very essence, in his very being, operates and functions through submitting to authority. That's who God is. That's how God works. Now, with that as a foundation, with that as a foundation, let me get practical. Let, let me show you what that looks like for you and I, that God functions through authority. That's how he works. Number three is this. Number three is this. God established authority in the earth. God established authority in the earth. Because God operates and functions through authority, he established authority in the earth that he created. You see, God always, I'm going to say that again, God always, God always works through authority even in the earth. And friends, if you and I have an issue with authority, we have an issue with God. Because God works through authority. Okay, let's get practical here. I want to show you how God established authority in the earth because God works through authority. That's how God works. Let's go back to Genesis, the book of beginnings, the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, when God was creating the heavens and the earth, and when God was creating man and woman, the Bible says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. The Bible says God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it or have dominion over it or rule over it. God said, listen, I just created the heavens and the earth. I just created animals and all kinds of different kinds of animals. And God says, listen, man and woman, I've created you. I want you to rule the earth. I want you to subdue over the earth. I want you to have dominion over the earth because God works through authority. He goes on to say, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We have authority over the animals. How many know that fish don't eat us, we eat them? You know what I'm saying? Unless you fall into the ocean. But, but we have authority over the animals. We have a, that's how God works through authority. And when he created the heavens and the earth and he created man, he works through authority. So he put us over the animals and the earth, because God works through authority. Let, let's take it a step further. Let's look at relationships. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, in our relationships with one another, we're called to submit to one another. There are times I need to submit to you. There are times you need to submit to me. 
There are times in our friendships you need to submit to your friend, and there are times your friend needs to submit to you. The Bible says submit to one another. Why? Why? Out of reverence for Christ, because that's how Christ works. That's how he functions. That's how he operates is through authority. So you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That, that's how relationships work. And some of you say, listen, my friends can't tell me what to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. And when you have an issue with authority, you have an issue with God because God works through authority. Matter of fact, we see in the family unit in verse 22 in Ephesians 5, it says, wives, Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Even in the family, God said there's a coach. There's a, a captain because God works through authority. And when we have a problem with authority, we have a problem with God. Even in the workplace, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 5, it says slaves obey your earthly masters in today's world. That would be the workplace environment. Obey your, your boss with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Even in the workplace, God works through authority. He's established authority in the earth. And when we buck authority, we buck God. And how he works. Even in the local church, the Bible says in the church house, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, obey your leaders and submit to them. That's your spiritual leaders or your church leaders. It says, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Even in the church, God has set up authority. And I thank God. We, we Tiffany and I, we have the a privilege of pastoring such a, a great church we do. And I'm, I'm so grateful. 99% of you, you do this scripture. We, you just, our lives are full of joy because you, you follow leadership. And I'm grateful for that. For the 1% of you that don't, I still love you. Amen. I just love being your pastor. Pray. You don't bring me joy, but I love you. I love you. I love you. I do. I love you. I love the fire out of you. Amen. God, God functions through it. And when we rebel against authority, we rebel against God. Even when it comes to government, the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 and verse number one, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities because God works through authority. That's how he works and functions. Now, now after that first part of that verse, God begins to broaden the horizon. He says, okay, now we're talking about government, but let me take it just to all authority. And he says, for there is no authority except that which God has established the authorities that exist have been established by God. The authorities that exist have been established by who? By God. You say, Pastor, you mean my boss? I don't like her. She gets on my nerves. I don't want to listen to a thing she says. The authorities that exist have been established by God. You mean, Pastor, the coach that won't play my daughter? I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. The authorities that exist have been established by God, even when people don't even realize that's the authority they have because God functions through authority. You mean my parents? I don't want to listen to them. They don't know. They don't understand me. They don't understand what I'm going through. The authorities that exist have been established by God. You mean the doctor and the doctor's office told me they can't see me for six more weeks? I'm going to let that doctor know. The authorities that exist 
have been established by God. And the Bible takes it a step further in verse 2. It says this, consequently, because God works through authority and he's established authority in the earth, consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. In other words, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against God. And it goes on to say this, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Let me illustrate this for you. How many of you are one of those people who keep an umbrella with you? You keep one in the car. You kind of, you know, you always got an umbrella handy. Well, I'm not one of those people. I don't think I have, even have an umbrella in my car. And, and it's a bad deal when you don't carry an umbrella. And how many of you have, have done this like I have? Maybe you're on your way to work and it starts raining like crazy. And you don't have an umbrella. And you get out the car and you wish you had one of these right here. Because <laughs> you're walking into, into work and you don't have an umbrella. And you get soaked. Anybody ever been there before? You just get soaked, rain everywhere, and you kind of trip trying to dodge a car, and you step into a puddle, and you're wet, your socks are all wet. And, and some of you ladies, you just got your hair did. Now, I understand did is not correct. English. Don't send me no emails. I understand. But you just got your hair did, and your hair is all messed up. It's a hot mess now. And you're getting hammered. And it starts a little Oklahoma hail. Pow, 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 And you wish you had one of these. You wish you were undercover. You wish you were under authority. Because there's safety, there's protection under authority. And you know what people do in church? People come to church, oh, Lord, I love you. I lift my hands. I worship you. I praise you. Oh, God, I want your blessings. And they go to work and they think, oh, yeah, I'm, going, I'm just going to be blessed by God. They go to work. I'm not going to do what you said. Did you hear what the boss said? I don't care what the boss said. I don't care what he said. I'm going to do what I want to do. You go ahead. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. The Bible says you bring judgment on yourself. You come to church, oh, Lord, I just, I just love you. want your blessings. Oh, I just, ooh, pastor priest today. Go to the kids' ball game tomorrow. You better play my kid. I'm going to sit here and roll my eyes at you. Here you go ahead. You're not an authority. You bring judgment. See, some of you wonder why you got so much chaos going on at the workplace, so much chaos going on at the home, so much chaos going on at school, so much chaos going on with your relationships because the Bible says when you rebel against authority, you're rebelling against God and you bring judgment on yourself and what I want to accomplish throughout this series, what I want to see us accomplish, that many of, many of us in this place, we're walking on the other side of the street when the police officer told us to stay back. And what I want us to see is I want us to begin to step Underneath authority so that we can walk in the be- so we can walk in the blessed place so we can experience God's best blessings so that we don't bring judgment on ourselves. Next week's message is going to be powerful. The results of rebellion. Next week, the results of rebellion. As your pastor likes to do. Just look at your neighbor right now and just tell them this. I didn't need this message today. I don't need this series, but I know you do. 
I'm so obedient. I'm so obedient. I comply and I listen. My boss loves me. I listen to, I'm just, I'm just great. But now you, you struggle. You better listen to this preacher getting your head pounded by hell because you don't listen. Why authority? When we rebel against authority, we're rebelling against God because God works through authority. 